Hello, hello, and welcome to another Fatherhood Podcast. I'm so excited today because we're going to talk about something that for a lot of people is pretty boring information, but I don't know, it just, it excites me, and that's finances, okay? Uh, money is kind of how we as fathers and for the rest of society can function and live the lives you want to live, okay? Um, now, the main things I want to just go over here are just some basics and these are things that honestly are not taught in school there's some things that are taught in school these are just some things that you know you can it's out there there's plenty of great finance channels out there but it's, it's, it's interesting because some of my friends some of my friends that are fathers already finances are just something that's like a snooze fest for them they're not really interested they don't follow some of these guys who uh, talk about finance and how to acquire wealth they don't read books about it but to me, it's like one of the most valuable things. Like, even if it doesn't interest you, if like cooking really interests you, or archery, or you know, raising your son, raising your daughter, being a good parent, being a good father, those things interest you. Kind of acquiring wealth and money should be part of that because that's what supports. It's the support structure for everything in life. Anything you want to do, any passion you need, pretty much, it's gonna cost you some amount of money or your time and remember time is money your time can be is traded for money oftentimes most of the time unless you have something called passive income where and even then time still must pass for you to get passive income but maybe it's not your personal time right it's just time itself <sighs> morning coffee coffee's good have it gets you motivated gets you pumped you get you guys pumped about finances, okay? There's some real basic things here I want to talk about with finances. One, okay, number one thing, you need to have income coming in, okay? That's the best thing I can say. You need to have income. There's a lot of ways to get income. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to get a job, okay? A job is a very common way to get income, right? You're trading your time to a company and they pay you. For your time okay that's the most common way get a job but that's the only not the only way to get income there's lots of other ways to get income okay first of all you can work for yourself so you can start any kind of business for yourself that somehow can generate income and then you pay yourself so that's a job that you do for yourself okay and then there's also investments and investments can generate income uh, you can invest in businesses but you're not necessarily working in the business Okay, but a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll cover a little bit about investments, but the thing with investments is you can't invest unless you have money to start with. Okay, but the first part is establishing and getting income. And for many people, you know, let's be real, it's going to be starting out with getting that, that first job in high school or maybe that first job during college or that first job after college, right? Um, that first internship when you're growing up, all those things are going to equip you to be able to be a good worker for whatever company you're working for and in the future put in place that discipline structure for you to be a good worker for yourself if and when you decide to work for yourself and have your own business so the key is to get income have a job okay now the question is once you have that income coming in that's where the finances come in so we're not going to focus too much on how to make money and where how to make a lot of money Okay, that's not what this is about. Finance is about managing the income you have coming in. 
okay? There's some great books out there to read. Um, I can definitely recommend a few. Um, um, the Richest Man in Babylon is kind of a classic old-time tale. And basically, it really just teaches the importance of compound interest, savings, um, the importance of saving like a percentage of your income coming in, right? And those are great concepts to have. Um, and there's more modern ones that are going to talk about credit cards and banking and stocks and bonds and things like that, right? Um, there's a great book that I had read um, about a year ago. Um, gosh, it's escaping me right now. I'll kind of pull it up here while I'm talking. But um, <clears throat> the main thing is finances. How do you manage that money coming in? Well, there's a few golden rules to keep in mind, right? There's a concept of just basically try to <laughs> spend less than what you make, right? Or else you get into debt. So generally, what I'm going to call consumer debt, that's not necessarily a good thing because that means like you're just buying, you're just consuming, you're buying things unnecessarily that most likely you don't really need to survive. It's not your bare essentials for survival. And that is exceeding the income you have coming in. Okay, and now for whatever reason, if you've gotten down to the bare minimum, like you are only paying for your purely essentials, no luxuries whatsoever, you've cut it down to bare essentials, and that's still more than what you make, now you have a problem. You need to increase your income by any means necessary, aside from illegal stuff. Don't do illegal things, but you need to increase your income. Okay, or you need to get out of where you're living and get somewhere else where the essentials don't cost that much, okay? Because there are places where the essentials just cost more to live. And if you cannot possibly make more income than that, that is not the right place for you to live, okay? And that's a, that's a harsh reality. But I do believe everyone has the power to just generate more income, okay? But we can get into that in another different episode that's more about income. But with the finances here, Number one, don't spend more money than you make. Okay, you got the bare essentials? Good. Whatever's left, okay, you then have have to have a priority. And the way I usually do things are uh, with income is there's a certain amount of money that I need to set aside to accumulate wealth over time. And what's really, what's really a fun thing to do here is if you have Excel, which you should have Excel, you can open up Excel. And you can do a very simple thing where you, you just see how quickly your money grows. So if you're like, okay, I want to save 10% of the money that I have coming in every day, okay? And you can do just something simple where you open up Excel and let's say you're making uh, 50000 a year. So 10%, right, of uh, 50000 is going to be... <clears throat> 5,000, right, for the year. Um, but, uh, and then you can just drag down and, and add 5,000 every year and see how many thousands of dollars you save up over the course of the years. Now, that's assuming that the money is not growing in any way. Okay, and that's kind of a fun thing to do, and you can toy around with your numbers and kind of, and then you can kind of toy around with, well, what if I want to make a, 
make that money grow, right? So you can think about like a high interest savings account, which frankly right now interest rates are pretty low. It's not gonna make very, very much, but you can find some out there like 1.6% interest on like Ally Bank online and stuff like that. Um, and you'll see that as it's compounded month, monthly and you just, you know, in your, your Excel, there, there, and there's some videos on how to do this, but this is kind of simple stuff, but it kind of excites you and it should empower you to the, the power of saving money and compound interest, okay? Um, but on top of that, you got to think about investments because the interest rates these days, you're not going to save money just by hoarding cash or you're not going to grow your wealth, not to a meaningful level. Okay. You got to start investing in stocks, maybe a little bit of bonds, but honestly not, no, you just, just stocks and really think about stocks is just, you're investing in businesses. Remember businesses make income and you're not working at those businesses. So, and look for most people you're making below a certain income threshold that you should be automatically investing if your work has one, a 401k, no matter what, okay? And then aside from that, you can open your own personal individual retirement account. These are called IRAs. There's the traditional IRA, and that one is money before taxes from your paycheck. So before the government takes taxes out of your paycheck, you get to reduce your taxable income, take a portion of that, put it in an IRA, traditional IRA, and then let that money grow tax-free. Then of course, when you retire, you're gonna to have to pull out some of that money incrementally as you use it, and it gets taxed then at a later date. Then there's the Roth IRA. The Roth IRA means that the government takes money out of your paycheck and taxes, and then what's left, the money that you have left, now you can contribute to a Roth IRA. So now that money's already been taxed, and it can grow in that Roth. So you just say Roth, right? So you got, and when you just say IRA, you're usually talking about the traditional. If you just say Roth, you're referring to the Roth IRA, which is after taxes. The great thing about the Roth, it grows and grows and grows. And then when you withdraw it incrementally or later on lump sum, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. Okay. So the beautiful part is you could just take out a giant lump sum and you're not, you know, maybe it's a cruise up to $2 million down the line. You could pull out the full 2 million when you're 65, no taxes are going to be charged on that baby. So I'm a firm believer in the Roth. Some people say hedge your bets, do a 50-50, half traditional, half Roth. The thing with it is that I believe generally society will, it, taxes will always kind of increase, okay? Um, that's kind of my theory. Uh, it's not like we're gonna go a direction when uh, taxes will decrease or become eliminated. Maybe, but I don't think that's likely. So it's likely to stay the same or to uh, to increase. So I kind of take my bet on the Roth. Now you can find all sorts of arguments for why you should do half, and maybe you should do half. Just hedge your bets. You do because the max amount uh, here in 2020 that you can do to those accounts is six thousand a year. So remember, if you're making fifty thousand a year, then I recommend if you're saving 10% of your income or 11% total percent, try to get that max Roth amount. So you're trying to do uh, 500 bucks a month going into that Roth account. And you can open up a Roth with Ally Bank or you know almost any financial institution you can open up a Roth or a traditional IRA, okay? You put that 500 bucks a month away in there and then you choose to buy some index funds or stocks and maybe some of the stuff's going over some people's heads, but basically an index fund is just a compilation of a bunch of stocks uh, making like a diverse, diversified range of pieces of stocks 
of lots of different companies. So that way, when you invest in this index fund, even if one company goes bankrupt, you don't lose all your money because the rest of your money is still distributed in all the other stocks. And by that index fund is representing, it's like one stock of that index fund or one share of that index fund that is diversified. So it mitigates your risk, but you still get to experience the growth and gains of the overall stock market because overall, the stock markets, you know, index fund that tracks the S&P 500 or tracks the Dow 30, right? Or just a general index fund that literally tracks the entire world stock market or the entire just US stock market, right? The, there's all a bunch of different index funds. They track these. And in general, even when we have downs, over time, the stock market has always gone up forever. And uh, I truly believe that, that that'll always be the case unless humanity gets wiped out. And if humanity gets wiped out, well, we're all gone anyway. So it's kind of irrelevant. So. The point is humanity is always advancing, always getting better. Efficiencies are always happening and we're always growing our economies. There might be contraction periods, but overall the world is expanding, coming out of poverty, growing into first world countries, more and more of the world becoming advanced economies. That means the total stock market will always increase in value. Okay. And there's always that, you know, old time saying like people, Back in the 30s, they put their dollar into this little company, and now that dollar is worth, you know, a million dollars today. Okay, and obviously there's inflation and there's other things going on, but the point is, your number one priority is your essentials so that you can live today. Then your next part of your income should be your investments, and your growth and your accumulation of wealth and your retirement, so that you can survive the future. Right? You can afford the future essentials when you're no longer able to work or you no longer want to work. So you're working hard now so that you can live today and also setting aside some of that so that you don't have to work tomorrow. So you can enjoy your family and the rest of your life. Right? Those are priorities. Then whatever's left of that money after you've maxed out, you know, the goals here should be maxing out your your 401k maxing out your iras and ideally even setting aside some sort of cash every month and a savings account so that you have a little flexibility that when times go bad you have some capital you have some cash available to take advantage of when things go south because when things go south prices drop you might have an opportunity to be able to buy a business right or buy a really cheap house right that's an investment discounted things, right? Things get discounted when, when things crash and if the people that have the money, right? So if you're saving every month and you know that you're not going to touch that money, you can take those opportunities, okay? And then whatever's left, fine, okay? You want to blow it on some crap, some junk, go for it. But of course, I'm always going to recommend that you really try to find the happiness and the meaningful things like your children and your quality time spent with them or walks in nature with your dog, right? And and you're not going to find happiness in that Ferrari or that new fangled gadget, okay? So those are just basically, the more you buy that crap and that junk, that is slowing down, reducing, and making so that you're going to have to work that nine to five or those jobs longer and then you have less wealth accumulated to enjoy your golden years, okay? So, you know, it's a little bit like we need to learn delayed gratification, you know, and that's that's an important tool that we teach our children is delayed gratification, or you should be, okay? Because that's a lifelong tool because that's how you become a disciplined investor and accumulator of wealth, okay? And you don't need to, it's also not like rocket science. You don't need, once, once you get a system, you follow it hard, 
for 30 days, a month, two months, three months, it's now a habit. You have a habit of saving and setting aside this money. You don't even have to think about it. And now you set yourself off for the rest of the future. And you go, oh, I can't do it right now. I'll do it next month. No, start doing it now. It starts happening right now. You're set off for the rest of life. I don't care how old you are. You think it's too late. Start doing it now. It's never too late. Okay. Once you do it now, you're going to be set off for the future. It's called a snowball avalanche effect, right? You start with a little snowball, it's rolling down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and the bottom of the hill, boom! That's you, you're the avalanche. I hope you feel amped, I'm fucking amped. Finances are awesome, okay? Get a good system down, okay? If some stuff went over your head, look into it, research, okay? Look out for some YouTube channels that do a great job of explaining these kind of concepts. Ryan Scribner, on YouTube, he's got real basic stuff that's real good. There's Graham Stephan, he's more real estate. There's also Meet Kevin, he's kind of real estate based. But look, they have some great content. You should really check out their stuff, right? And there's some great books out there. You know, generally, <clears throat> you wanna minimally, right? The wealthiest man in Babylon, minimally, save 10% of your income, okay? But look, back then, times were hard. You needed that 90% of your income to cover the rest of the essentials and your home and everything. Life, even though maybe it seems like it's hard today, it's actually a lot easier. It's a lot better. You can survive on a lot less these days, okay? As long as you don't have too many demanding things that you think are essential, okay? Because there's a lot of things that are not essential, okay? I know you might think Netflix is essential, but it's not necessarily essential. Now, I'm not saying don't buy Netflix, okay? Netflix can give you a lot of quality time with your wife and your kids. So uh, I'm just saying there's a lot of fat that can be cut out and you can have the bare bones so that you can meet these thresholds of maxing out the retirement accounts. You know, increasing that savings so you're saving a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month. You know, I, you know, it, it depends on each person's individual situation. But, um, you know, and they say that money can't buy happiness. However, there's a lot of studies that show a lot of stress is relieved and therefore a lot of happiness is gained when people are making money up to about a hundred thousand. Once you start getting over about a hundred, a hundred, ten, hundred twenty thousand a year, the happiness doesn't increase that much. If anything, more money, more problems, right? So, so the goal should be to try to get up where those studies show making about seventy, eighty, ninety thousand a year is really that sweet spot where you got the perfect amount of money that you need to live frugally, have a good life, save, be, have a wealth accumulation, while also Enjoying work-life balance and having time with your family and being able to really be a present father and raise your children, okay? So with that said, I hope you had a good time listening to finances. I'll see you in the next one. Ciao.